Hello, I'm Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson & Terry Recruitment. I'm Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor. And you are listening to an edited version of Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike, uh, which airs every Sunday at 11am on DAB Digital Radio across Oxfordshire and online at getradio.co.uk. And our show introduces you to local trusted experts, whilst we also talk about topics that you, the listeners, tell us is impacting on local businesses and their owners. For copyright reasons, we cannot play the songs mentioned in the show. Uh, but for more info and business wrench related content, please do head over to getradio.co.uk. I definitely recommend it. Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Good morning. Happy Sunday. This is Get Radio and welcome to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. My name is Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson & Terry Recruitment and indeed the Oxford Business Community Network. And I'm Mike Foster, the Entrepreneur's Mentor and also the Head of Marketing and Events at Oxford Head Injury Services, the brain injury charity formerly known as Headway Oxfordshire. Now, as you will know by now, our show introduces you to local trusted experts whilst also discussing topical issues impacting on local businesses as per what you tell us, the listeners. Now, on today's show, we have something slightly different for you. Ben and I are going to take a look back at a few shows, no doubt touch on some of the local news that's related, and perhaps share some further thoughts on those topics that we've covered across those shows this year. So, Ben... Where do we start today? Let's start by having a song. Um, and then after this song, why don't we introduce us and our businesses briefly to the listeners? This is the Business Brunch with Better Mike. We'll be welcoming Mike and I back after this. Get radio. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Better Mike on Get Radio. Um, as Mike said, today we're going to be reflecting on some of the great shows that we have um that we've shared um probably over the last 50 weeks since our last reflective show. Um, but I thought it'd be quite useful to um to tell you, the listener, um, a little bit about what Mike and I do when we're not behind a radio microphone. So let's start with you, Mike. Um, do tell the listeners all about you and indeed the entrepreneur's mentor. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, thought it would be useful just to let the listeners know that we do a little bit more than um hosting radio shows. So my brand is The Entrepreneur's Mentor. Uh, does a little bit what it says on the tin. I mentor other entrepreneurs to start, develop and grow their own business. Um, that's with a traditional coaching model um, where basically, where are you now? Where do you want to get to? What's the actions that you need to implement? And then for me, keeping people motivated and focused on those um, items with some accountability. But I position myself as a mentor because my experience was that I found people were a little bit frustrated by asking questions. So how do you think you'd do that? What would you do, et cetera? Because the part of the reason they've engaged someone like myself is they didn't really know the answer or they found um, a position where they need to know a little bit more. So I then use uh, my knowledge, my experience, my expertise to place case studies, examples back into the conversation, not to give my clients the answer, but necessarily to fuel and spark their own thoughts. And in all my sessions, I always talk about what's top of mind for my clients, what's making them frustrated, making them procrastinate, sleep, uh, not have um, good sleep at night. Because if we can deal with those things that put pressure on the chest, weight on the shoulders, then you've got more chance of working on the things that you need to develop on your business. And one of the organisations I work with is Oxford Head Injury Services. A couple of days a week, I am the head of marketing and events for the organization um, involved in their fundraising also. Um, and that organization was formerly known as Headway Oxfordshire. It supports people that have acquired brain injuries um, here in Oxfordshire and also importantly supporting supporting their families with our activity and recreation, I'm sorry, rehabilitation centre in Kennington and also um, supporting our clients from hospital to home and then back into the community. And what about yourself, Ben? 
Amazing. Amazing. So, um, so my day job, uh, when I haven't got my face behind a microphone, um, is I run Thompson Interior Recruitment and have been doing so for the last nine years. Um, Thompson Interior Recruitment work in the recruitment agency market. So we hire staff, typically in office roles, um, for businesses all across Oxfordshire and, and beyond. What makes us different? That's what every small business on this radio show wants to share, isn't it? And and what makes us different is that we apply a headhunting approach to the recruitment agency market. What is the headhunting approach? Well, um, a typical recruitment agency, um, if you work as a recruitment consultant for one of the big brands or, or indeed a lot of small independents, your job is to register as many candidates as you possibly can to have a book of candidates. And when you take a role on, you would send the closest three or five candidates to that employer. And and in essence, hope that one of those is, is a fit for the role or certainly close to. How we operate is we don't register candidates. So when we take on a role with a business, we go out to market to find the very best candidate for that role. In our opinion, we interview them as if we've got the power to give them a job. So a full hour long interview and then send detailed interview notes in line with that role and solely that role um, to that employer and then support with their recruitment process. Um, so as a result, 84% of the first CV we sent got the, last year got the job. National average is 5%. So we're slow as our advert on Get Radio says, um, but our stats we're really, really proud of. And, and that's what makes our business. So um, I'm now going to ask you one of my favourite questions, and I always call it the hardest show, question of the show, which is a song choice. So why don't you pick a song for the listeners, Mike, and why did you pick it? Yeah, as I always say, Ben, we um, we always prepare our uh, guests for this, and uh, when you ask me, I always go, oh, yeah, I should have thought about that. Um, I'm going to go, the album that I'm um, being inspired by and I'm watching the film at the moment is The Greatest Showman. Um, so I'm going to choose a song off of the, the track, um, which is... Rewrite the Stars by Zac Afron and Zendaya. Oxfordshire Station, Get Radio. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. Um, today, Mike and I don't have any guests. We are the guests. And what we're going to be doing is reflecting back on some of those great shows um, that great guests have joined us on to share really their knowledge and their experience and expertise um, over recent weeks. Um, so let's start, Mike. Um, what, what's the first show um, that stands out to you in recent weeks? I think it's a, a combination of shows for me. And I think um, in conversation with yourself, it's a, a memorable one for yourself as well. It's around artificial intelligence or AI, if you like. Um, we had a couple of shows um, back in April, um, show 111. Karim Saket of Oxford Engineering joined us to talk about you know, AI and how it was developing. It was the time when ChatGPT was just exploding onto the screen and AI was the big topic. And then a couple of months later, um, 16th of July, show 124, um, James Craddock and Jane Abbott joined us to talk about the practical tools that we can use in our business from an AI perspective. And I thought that was a real nice mix to give us a, some insight and um, then also some practical ways that we could uh, could use that uh, in our business. Well, I know that you enjoyed the Kareem conversation. T tell us a little bit more. Yeah, for, for for me, I think as small business owners, we've we've constantly got to be um, looking at how how can we, um, I guess, get our head above the parapet. How how can we have, I guess, what that market difference? And I think um, when you um, it was your work getting Kareem Kareem onto the radio station. I think when 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 you said about Kareem coming on, um, the, the the leader at um, Oxford Engineering and 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 a really really successful business person. Um, 
be honest, I expected um, to be be really impressed by him. I did. Um, and I expected to be really um, inspired by, by the great work they're doing. Um, but I think the thing that really surprised me about that show is how simple he made everything sound. Um, and I think the analogy that he gave um, was about a barbershop and, and how could they use AI to, to make that real difference. I think when he spoke about AI, he spoke about... Um, the early forms of basic AI was Microsoft Word on your computer. He spoke about how most jobs when you and I were at school didn't exist and, and, and the advice to younger people. And I think for me, I think that the takeaway message there was really about actually AI, we need to embrace it. We absolutely do but actually more the principles behind the AI itself in terms of what 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 can we learn as, as, as small business owners. And certainly, um, I don't think I was the only one with that feedback. Certainly the feedback that, that I've had um, around that show was really, wow, there was some really practical advice there that that actually sounded really simple and often the best things are are the most simple. Uh, yeah, what, what, what did you take? And did you take that point? Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, a lot of businesses have avoided exploring AI for how it can improve their organization because of the fear maybe or the unknown or how do we approach such a big animal if you like and at the time the show was going out it was you know the government were potentially saying how do we stop this uh, some of the tech founders from the large organizations were getting together and saying you know how do we put a stop on this how do we slow it down and i think for me, Kareem explained AI in the most simplistic way that I'd never had it explained to me before. Um, as you say, gave some great examples like the medical industry using it, the imaging side of things, and how you know a, a computer, if you like, in terms of machine learning and AI can do that much more efficiently and effectively looking at a set of images than perhaps the human eye and um, et cetera. But how we do use that uh, positively. And I think then I think he also made a really good point, which you could get me on my soapbox with, really. And uh, this isn't purely Kareem's point. His point was predominantly the people that are making decisions at government level predominantly don't understand exactly what they're dealing with. Um, and my soapbox is that happens too many times in terms of, you know, a politician might be representing uh, the business area, if you like, small business area. And then after a few months time, they're a shuffle and they've gone somewhere else and someone else has got to lead that through. So that's my own sort of soapbox on that. I think what that then led into is that that other show that I referenced with James and Jane, whereby they were talking about you know some practical tools that we use. And obviously we touched on quite early about ChatGBT because probably I would say most small businesses have now um, had some sort of exploration with ChatGBT. I think it's that example, of, are you an early adopter or are you a follower? Um, I'm personally, you know, if it's Windows 14, I'd probably wait till 14.1 personally. That's my sort of approach. But those that adopted it early, like James Craddock, for example, who's obviously the founder of uh, the radio show and get support as well. He adopted it very early and he's he's using a lot of tools and seeing a lot of tools about how that can adopt and work through. And I think, you know, we talked about ChatGPT, the benefits, the potential risks for that. We talked about some other, James, um, shared an AI tool where he played our voices back, didn't he? Uh, uh, you know, and, uh, and if you saw the version on video, you could see some images that he created using AI as well. Yours was a little bit better than mine. But um, but your voice was particularly, I think, for taking a 30-second snippet, was really, really accurate in terms of tone and level and and voice. And that's the sort of thing that's blowing me away. Now, we could take that a deep a step further. Um, Jane referred to a few tools about how it can help our businesses from an efficient and effective 
business, not just helping us do things like copy and stuff like that. So I think it was a fascinating topic. And I think my thing, and you know, we've just both been lucky enough to go to the business and IP centre um, in Oxford, uh, in the city, city county library there, um, and to see some of the AI that's being used up there and being explored. So you know, I certainly encourage our listeners that if it's something you haven't quite scratched the surface with at the moment, have a little bit of exploration, look at in your industry about some of the AI tools that are being used, or um, be innovative and see um, see what you can bring into your business that perhaps other people in your sector and, and give you that edge, give you that extra piece of value. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And certainly after the most recent show, um, I downloaded ChatGPT. Um, I gave in uh, and actually um, I was shocked how easy it was to use and, and how often I've used it since. So, um, so yeah, certainly can, um, yeah, can, can certainly relate to that advice. Um, I, I think I, th- I think another um, topic that that is w- that we've been regularly asked for is is around um, I-, I guess that kind of umbrella of sales, whether that be um, week um, one two seven uh, where we're talking about sales, or, or whether we go back slightly further when we are joined by um, Nick Babington um, in show one hundred eight. Um, so when when talking to your clients how how topical is sales and what and what did you what, what what have you taken from some of our kind of sales focus shows yeah i think from me talking to my clients perspective i think it's the realization that you're selling every day you know whether you're selling to your customers and your prospects whether you're selling something to your staff in terms of your vision whether you're selling something to your other key stakeholders whether that may be your board um etc and i think you know, what we got from both the shows was really, really practical tips. And I know you say about bringing in your notebook and I know you feel like I give you a bit of stick for that, but I think you're, re- you're very relevant and, uh, and these shows um, were very practical. I think what I find in, in many small businesses, if there's one thing that you can avoid doing, if you had a choice, it would be sales. You know, if you could get your head stuck into some technical operation piece of your business if it was doing some marketing if you like um i think most businesses would probably lean that way but actually doing sales sales i.e prospecting um list building lead generation sales process then i think that would probably be one area that most small businesses would have business owners would avoid and and i think there is a fear there that they go into the mode of i'm selling so they naturally relate to sales roles such as double glazing car sales etc etc others are available and that puts a fear into them they've got to be either that good or that salesy if you like and i think it's really interesting in terms of how it's positioned in terms of a mindset that you have to have with with the sales and i think the guests that we've had steve vaughan dillis guyan and as you say nick babington you know, three great sales per people, no two doubts about it. Three people who love sales very clearly, but three people that were very willing to share tips, share advice, and be very practical in terms of what they were, were selling. And I think, uh, saying sorry, and I think one of the things that's very adamant that I picked through is keep prospecting. Mm. Um, and if you don't keep prospecting or you don't keep learning how to deal with objections, then, you know, your business could suffer from that and you know when i say about objection handling i believe that most businesses have a handful so main to be five main objections they're likely to get and if you understand your business and you understand the objections you're likely to get and you can prepare for those it makes you look great it makes you um look efficient in terms of your responses but i also think that we had a conversation again up the bi being ip center in oxford where a guy said to me, he'd been a startup um, he'd been a startup for four and a half months and hadn't won one piece of business. 
And then when it, the penny dropped that he had to make a telephone call, he started making f- t- phone calls and started to change his business. And the, the, that wasn't sales. That was predominantly about making connections and building relationships. And I think that was an important point that came through f- for me. And I think what I encourage my clients to do, particularly in a tougher 2023 than perhaps we've seen in the business climate for a long time, is to avoid the feast and famine. So avoid, I'm busy now, so I'll stop marketing or selling. And then I'm quiet now, so I now need to turn the tap on. What did you pick out from from those shows? Yes, re- really good points, and, uh, and agree with with all of those that you've said. But uh, I, I think three three kind of core messages um, that that came out for for me that I think was consistent across the two shows and and the three guests were one as as you as you've touched on um, it is around prospecting, but also um, often the hardest part of sales is to make that first phone call and to or to send that next LinkedIn message or to go to that networking event and. And I think in the words of Nike, often just do it um, is part of it. Um, the other thing that I thought was quite interesting that, that Nick and, and Dillish used as, as their example was, um, if I could do this for you, who do you know that would be that's similar to you and would like my service? So actually asking people to help you and ask asking for referrals was was something that was, yeah, really, really, really fascinating. Um, and... I think the third thing that came out is every no is closer to a yes. Um, and I think Steve used the example of um, the salesperson that, that that was going out and had to get 50 no's and actually got bonus pay, paid on those. So so I think all of those things are are, are really, really consistent. Um, I guess kind of the final thing, um, and I know I said three, but I'm going to give four now. Um, what was about that phrase of buying as opposed to being sold to, which I think is a really, really good one, isn't it? But, you know, we we all get excited about um, going out to buy a new car or going out to buy the latest Oxford United shirt or, or whatever else, which which I know that we both love. Um, but But in reality, we both probably think, Oh, for goodness sake, I've got to go and buy insurance. Obviously not, not in the in, in the case of Joe Spencer. But um, but I think the point remains is that if we as small business owners can help our customers to want to buy our product as opposed to be sold to, it, it's a really, really interesting, um, it's a really, really interesting way to 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 to, to look at things. That certainly that certainly changes the mindset. I think it also changes the language that we use. So if we think we're helping people to buy rather than selling to them, some of the language and the phrases and the keywords that we use within that and how we build build that. You know, I always say to my clients, you know, how easily do you identify the pain, problem, fear, want, need, and desire of your prospects mm-hmm. rather than assuming? Because if you assume, you're likely to go down the wrong road. And I think certainly since COVID, I'm finding that. Um, yeah, since COVID, since lockdown, I think the buyer is wanting to have feel that they're in control of the choice. So I think the clever sales is that I'm giving you the choice, but actually I'm taking you on a journey and I'm controlling that journey. Um, so whether that's you know, selling to them online or whether that's selling to them in person, face-to-face. That that was just some thoughts around the, the, the sales um, episodes, Ben. I think it'd be the right time to, to add a song for now. And... Um, I would normally come to you and say, do you want to choose a song? But I'm probably going to guess, but I'd better do the, the, the host bit and say, Ben, what would be your song choice today? And why would you choose it? 
Well, well, Mike, you're going to be surprised. Um, so I think I'm going to go for Oasis, um, Wonderwall. Um, and the reason that I'm going to go for that is that I'm not really a big music person. Um, but one of my um, one of one of my memories is going to watch Oasis at Wembley, and yeah, my favourite Oasis song. So Oasis, Wonderwall. The Business Brunch with Ben and Mike, sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts, so you can focus on what you do best. And that's part of our show today, so we're going to be reflecting back on previous episodes. Well, Ben, you really surprised me now. I thought you were going to go for Sweet Caroline, but perhaps... Um, next time. Next time, yeah. Perhaps the, perhaps the station might put that on for you anyway as a special request. Um, I think there's always a show that we need to sort of like probably reflect back on, and it's very topical, it was our 100th show um, back in January. Um, we had three of our guests back with us that were with us on the very first show. That was Kelly Peters, um, Alex Minchin and Jane Fryatt. And we explored with them what had changed in the two years since they joined us on the first show. Uh, I'm sure you recall that because that was a, a special show for us. What what did you take away from that show? Yeah, um, it really, really flattered to have all three back. Um, I, I, and, and I think the big the big thing with with all three is there had been a lot of change in all three's businesses. Um, there had been a lot of change in all three's lives. But I think that the thing that really came through for me is their values and their personalities had changed. The, had, had absolutely stayed the same. Absolutely stayed the same. Uh, and I think that it's really, really interesting in terms of how our journey can, can can change slightly in terms of where we're getting to destination wise, but actually, all three had really stayed in line with their values. Um, Kelly is about the most passionate person I know about data. Um, obviously paralleled with Regina. Um, the quick caveat that I put in there. Um, and I think as small as small business people, I think I think we all often look at Alex and think. Do you know what he's completed it? Um, uh, 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 and Jane is um, a, a real kind of in- inspiration and such a well-regarded HR person. But I think all three of them have been very, very set on. They want to help the people around them. Yes, they want to grow their business, but they really want to be passionate about what they do. And I think the passion that was just as consistent two years later was was the thing that came out for me. And I think it's something that we can we can all learn from because they say if if you love love your job, you never work a day in your life, don't they? Exactly that. And you know, I, I what I loved about it was their honesty as well. And you know, that's probably why they're friends of ours and why we've had them on the hundredth show and the first show is that. You know, they were honest in terms of it had been a roller coaster period for a couple of them in terms of some ups and some downs. And but they'd come through that. You know, Jane talked about the pandemic and you know balancing business with uh, family commitments as well from that side. Of it. And, f- and for the listeners, when you just say, you know, Alex completed it, you know, Alex exited his business, moved overseas, um, you know, t- ticked a lot of boxes that probably you we want to do as business owners is build a valuable business and, and sell that. I think you also talked about change. I think it's very relevant. And I think the thing that came through for me was the speed of change when we were reflecting mm-hmm. back over the two years was just thinking, crikey, is it two years in the first place it's gone by already? But also how much had really changed and how how much had been changed, you know, like, for example, obviously use of tech and remote working and hybrid working, et cetera, how that had just really grown onto the agenda. But I think that all three of them really said in their different parts of their journey, they'd lo- learned so much. You know, their their personal growth had been huge during the, the two-year period, whether that was 
Alex positioning his business ready to sell to make himself independent of his own business and feel uncomfortable with that, but then be in a position to be able to sell it and walk away from it and not be tied to it. And then Kelly and um, Jane's journey, you know, that you learn as much through your business when you're having difficult times versus when you're having great times in your business during that roller coaster they talked about. So I think it was, yeah, it was that honesty that they gave us that change but also the speed of that change but also the personal growth that they they both experienced and certainly i'd recommend a, a listen back uh, to, to that show but did you pick out any other show that uh you saw like a highlight for you yeah let's let, let's go to show 106 um so when we're joined by paul mabber and chris williams of jennings um i think jennings are incredibly well known across oxfordshire as are um chris and paul and i think that for, for, for me, that that B Corp journey um, what was what was really really interesting and fascinating. But I think that the thing that really came out of that B Corp journey um, for me and and out of that show um, wasn't about that um, they that 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 Jennings do business in the right way. wasn't that that they want to help people. wasn't that um, that the incredible hard work, hard work that's come into it. But I think because I expected all of those things, knowing Chris and Paul, but I think the thing that really, really stood out was how many other businesses are starting to go along that, that, that journey. So, so, you know, Darren Aston, a client, a client of yours came up, but actually I think that there's a lot of small conversations that are starting to happen. And I think that their, their sheer passion to help other businesses to want, want, want to do it. What, what was something that, 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 that really came through. But but I think secondly to that, um, for I guess with my business hat on, I think the thing that when they first said it really surprised me um, was that B Corps make more money when they become a B Corp. Um, and actually, I think that if you had asked me why businesses become B Corps before the show, I would have said to do the right thing, to look after their people, to look after their suppliers for value reasons. But actually... No, you shouldn't go in it to make more money. But the fact that the vast majority of businesses make more money as a result of being a B Corp was was the takeaway. And when you really think about it, it makes more sense because if you look after your customers better, you're going to retain them better. If you look after your staff better, you're going to retain them better. And, and, And actually, if you look after the community around you, you're going to get better retention. So it really, really did make sense. But I think that's the one that surprised me, maybe through naivety, but but certainly did. What about you? Yeah, I think Paul gives an interesting view, doesn't he, in terms of why his organisation chose B Corp as the route you know, in terms of they'd, they'd already looked at sort of carbon zero, et cetera, but uh, B Corp was necessary. It could have been ISO standards. It could have been British standards that they were were aiming for. And, you know, personally, my experience is that I've seen some businesses go down the B Corp because it's part of their sort of sales mix, if you like. We're going to tick a box to get B Corp because that's going to give us a different position in the marketplace. It's going to give us a, um, you know, an opportunity to open doors with with, with other organisations that may be B Corp, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think it's those organisations that, like Jennings, that approach it properly. They don't just look at how they can build their score to get enough numbers in the box to to be able to get through B Corp. But they're predominantly saying, okay, well, how does this ne- actually improve my business? What do we have to do? And what I thought was really interesting from Jennings' perspective was the knock-on effect to their suppliers. So, you know, for them to be able to confirm their ca- carbon footprint, for example, they had to involve people like you mentioned, Darren Aston, who's um, supplies to them, their, their office requirements. And Darren had to 
produce some information and, and part of that goes, well, actually, Darren's gone. Actually, as I'm doing that for them, I may as well do that for all my customers. And that started him on his, his sort of B Corp considerations. And I think for me, it's so like, I do quite a bit of work up at um, Oxford Brooks University through their fuel program, their scale-up program. And the amount of businesses that I see being established now that have a sustainable angle um, and the feedback I always get in the market right now is that people are looking to buy from sustainable or green or such businesses. So I think it's a a great place to have that sort of positioning from there. But I think what we did see was the importance, whether you're B Corp or not, was predominantly to say, okay, well, how we engage in our suppliers, how we engage in our customers and how we engage in our people in within this whole process uh, that it's not just a tick box scenario. So we're going to go to another song. Um, perhaps we can just do a joint request, Ben, for Sweet Caroline. Introducing you to local trusted experts. This is The Business Brunch, sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Welcome back to The Business Brunch with Ben and Mike here on Get Radio. Um, today's show, myself and Ben, we're reflecting on some past shows of 2023 and giving a few extra thoughts around that. And one that I'm particularly keen to touch on, Ben, was really the first show of 23, which was show 97, which is about health, fitness and well-being. It's a topic that's very close to me personally, something that I focused quite heavily on at the early part of the year. Um, our guests were Sarah Southey, um, Anne-Marie Robinson and Ollie Reese, And we were looking at various different aspects and you know, not just about New Year's resolutions. That was not why it was um, the, the first show of the year. Um, but, you know, a lot of our listeners will know Sarah Southey. She's always on Get Radio Breakfast on a Monday, uh, talking to Rich about sort of well-being issues. Um, but, you know, we looked at different angles from whether that's mental health, health, fitness, um, Ollie was talking about building your resilience to stress, et cetera. You know, what, what specifically did you take away from that? I, I think I took away the point that, that, that you made there. Um, and I think the little line was um, not just about a New Year's resolution, um, which absolutely was the point point with the with 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 um, the, the show. It was about that long, longer, longer lasting impact. And, and I know that you um, did did a great um, a great workshop with Sarah, which which I attended, which was about that habit makers. Uh, and and I think from 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 my point of view, I think that the big thing that came out of that show, and, and indeed your workshop, was about how can we as individuals really make small habits that are going to give us better lives and better lasting impacts. And I think the th- three things that, or, or the two things that all three guests really really agreed on, is actually you've got to want to do it, um, and actually it's got to be that that want and there's no value in saying um this year i'm only going to eat lettuce um because actually firstly that wouldn't be that nutritional um but um but also um you're not going to enjoy doing that but then i think the other thing that particularly from from the show and, and the workshop with um with with sarah that really came out was about actually it's really the best day to start was yesterday but actually the second best day is today and the third best day is tomorrow. I bet that one on my my creative freedom here. But but really, it it doesn't just need to be a January thing. But but I think that 
all three guests were really saying that the biggest barrier to start a habit or to start being healthier or to start working on on on, on whatever challenge is about actually d- doing something and start that. So, so yeah, from, from my point of view, I, I left the show with a real spring in my step. And mm-hmm. actually, although it was still the 7th of, 7th of January, which is probably a little bit too late for a New Year's resolution. <laughs> Very good. I think... Um... I think one of the important things was takeaway, and it was in actually this show when I then approached Sarah Rafters and said, Look, let's do some workshops together, it's, like you say, this habit maker. And one of the things she talked about, um, and it's covered in a book by James Clear um, called Atomic Habits, is habit stacking. And Sarah's used, I'm a client of Sarah's, and Sarah's used this with me, is that you know I was, I've never really been that great at stretching. Um, and never really found the time to stretch, but she stacked it on the back of my dog walking. So I'd walk the dog, I'd come back from walking the dog. And that moment after I put his lead up, I'd then do my stretching. And after a while, I just, you know, because of that stacking, it became an extended habit. So it was part of the dog walk, if you like. Um, I think for me, the, the, the message in this, whether it's this show or health, fitness and well-being, is when you truly prioritize yourself. If you don't truly prioritize yourself, and I never had in my past in terms of it being about my businesses, it'd been about my people in my business, it been about people in my network. And I was, you know, Sarah got me to rank it and I was right at the bottom compared to everything else, family, friends, etc. Um, and when I started to move myself up that ladder, then I started to find the time to do the things that I needed to do to have a healthier lifestyle. And I'll just um, finish our reflection on this show with Ollie's quote, which is keep trying the same thing that didn't work. That's insanity. And I think that's um, that was just very, very something that I've kept since that show for myself. If I keep trying to do things that I tried in the past that didn't work, then I'm just in a bit more, well, a bit more insanity, should we say? Um, what about another show then, Ben? Choose another one off the stack that would uh, be good to talk about. Yeah, so so let's let's go to week one two one. Um, all about teams. Um, so so being really really honest. Um. It was uh, Mark Withers uh, who invited Mike and Alison. I haven't met them before. And I think that that was a really, really fascinating show for for me because I think you... You had somebody who works with um, teams um, like Brentford Football Club. I, I was obviously one the second uh, f- football was mentioned um, to Alison, who's, who's working for a huge corporate um, and Mike that's be- been in different spaces. And, and I think it was really, really fascinating um, to really kind of learn about how how small businesses can learn from big businesses, but how big businesses can learn from small businesses and really the I guess you can use a football analogy. I, I've mentioned football once. I'm going to mention it again. Is actually in order to, if if you've got one weakness, or if your team doesn't work hard enough, or um, you don't get enough crosses in, or X goes wrong, then actually the team isn't going to work as a whole. And I think it was a really fascinating conversation about there was consistencies, but it was all about actually a team isn't just one person. It's about how does that team team overlap? So, so yeah, I, I think that was a show that stood out to me. What what, what did you take for, from that show? Well, I think it was a saying, actually, I've, I've seen fairly recently that um, encapsulated this show for me, which was teams are built by leaders, but executed by talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what came through for me is that, you know, we, we had a discussion around leadership and some, some of the leadership models and, you know, what would, perhaps make a good leader and then in terms of the team as i talk to my clients it's that extended team as well you know a lot of people think team is just those people on your paye but you know if you're not communicating that 
with people that are external to your business that are important to you. That might be subcontractors, that might be your supply chain, that might be your advisors, that might be your stakeholders. Um, view them as your extended team. They need to know things like your vision, et cetera. Um, but ultimately, you have to motivate people to execute on your behalf because you can't do everything yourself as your business develops and grows. And I think there was some real, real, as we always say, practical tips. You know, and we've been really lucky, haven't we, over two and a half years to have a huge number of people come and join our show, not sell on the show and just give a huge number of tips. And, and I certainly feel that the guys that were on were on this show um, talking and, and, sh- and demonstrated actually their years of experience that they've been working with teams and evolving and developing developing teams. And I think, again, another important thing that came from me is not assuming what your team needs. So establishing, you know, truly how do you effectively find out what it is your team requirements need and how you take them forward. And I was only having a conversation with a client the other day is that, you know, for me, I think you want to hire people that can initially follow your systems and processes that you have in place because you've built those systems and processes based on how you believe it's the best way of doing your business at this moment in time. And once they've come in and yeah, everybody comes in and they want to start running quickly. They want to make a, an impression quickly, but if they're prepared to come in and execute what already goes well in the business and then bring in their innovation and creativity to improve, because I say to my clients, every employee you want to take your business to another level, keep leveling up your business. Um, then again, you're starting to create a team. And again, by getting your teams working together um, and collaborating, and you know, obviously I think it's partly the pandemic and hybrid working is probably impacted on creativity and innovation within companies. Um, I think you know that's how you, you build building a team for me. Yeah, w- w- without a shadow of a doubt. Um, just just an extension of, of of that final point of yours, Mike. Actually, um, around um how how you're building the team and each person taking it a step up. Um, what one of your one of your posts not not so long ago about what role would you employ yourself into? Um, I think one of the things I often see in teams is is I think that's a really valid point. But also, um, where where does that person where do you sit within your own team and how do you build that team around you? But also, how do you build a team that if somebody were to leave, the team wouldn't stop? And 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 I guess there's the circle analogy, isn't there, in terms of you want circles to overlap, e.g. multiple people being able to do the same thing. But at the same time, you then want to spread the circles apart to, to, to enable you to be as, as efficient as possible. I can't believe it, Mike. Um, we've we've had an hour. Time, time is up. Um, but, but no, that, that is the end of the show. Um, so... Normally, I'd say thank you to our guest today uh, for joining us. So what I'm going to say instead is thank you, Mike, for putting up with me for the last um, two years and eight months. Um, and also thank you to you, the listener, um, for for listening to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. What we'd really love you to do um, is if there is a topic that you would love us to hear or a particular guest that you would love us to invite on, please, yeah, get get in touch with myself and Mike. We're very active on social media. And um, yeah, we'd be delighted to to build some future shows that are going to enable you to fill your notepad. Yes, Ben. Yeah, I agree. It's been a, a great journey, um, two and a half years in and 120 odd shows uh, we've, we've done together. But the listeners, as you know, you've been listening to The Business Brunch with him, Ben, and me, Mike, here on Get Radio. Next week, we're back 
with our show sponsor, actually, um, Sarah Cook from We Do HR Support. And Sarah is going to be talking to us about, you guessed it, some HR. So just that reminder, you can tune in on the radio um, via DAB in Oxfordshire or online via each Sunday at 11 o'clock. Podcast comes out via your favourite podcast platforms each Monday. And the video format is posted on the Get Radio Facebook page and on their website every Tuesday. But for now, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and we'll see you next week.